Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT, go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang, because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles, Turtles and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm still Mike Templeton. Still? Yeah. For now. No. I mean, I'll let you know when I change this. All right. Please do. Yeah, it would be awkward if uh, I wasn't. Yeah, like you you got on a call and I was like, wait, this isn't Mike Templeton? This isn't (laughs) who who I've had on this podcast for the past couple years. It's Tyke Mippleton. Oh no, that's my that's my evil doppelganger. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right, Spencer, what are we doing this week? This week we're covering episodes four, five, and six of season seven of the nineteen eighty seven cartoon. So we're still in Europe. We have Venice on the Half Shell, Artless, and Ring of Fire. Three Ooh, episodes. <laughs> Three episodes, yeah. Ooh, man. Actually, so, uh, as Jason from Turtle Recall is making me say every time we cover this, uh, these episodes were originally produced for season four, uh, kind of taking place after the Turtles win their European vacation in that season. So these are technically not part of season seven. We are covering them as season seven because uh, they appear like that on the DVD. So. And they, they well, because they aired with season seven, like in, in the United States, yeah. they did. But, um, you know, he's such a purist that he wants he wants us to put that little disclaimer in every time. Well, it's, we I mean, if if you've been watching along with us, like it's very clearly not part of what's going on now. Like it looks very much like season four. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we talked about it last week with the uh, with the theme song, like coming back. And uh, <laughs> when I was talking about that on his show he was like he was like well that's because it's part of that because because it was part of season four and i was like i know jason <laughs> <laughs> we can't put enough he's listening right now so <laughs> <laughs> well we will not ever forget i guess we only have to remind everyone like two more times well, a couple more three, times so three more because there is episode 13 which is the final one and that'll just be a part of the rest of the season when we get to it. Anywho, let me tell you a story. No, let me tell you a story. I'm I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it would be you, but, you know, I just yeah. figured I would say it just to transition us. You're using the plural uh, me. Yes, right? the, the plural okay. me. <laughs> Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. <laughs> All right, so this is Venice on the Half Shell, Season 7, Episode 4, originally aired in America, September 25th, 1993, written by Misty Taggart. 
So the turtles are in Venice enjoying the sights, the Grand Canals, local pizza, various sewers. April and Irma are also on their way there to cover the Mardi Gras event for Channel 6. Unbeknownst to any of them, Krang is plotting an evil scheme from Dimension X. He plans to use his new hydrofluxer to increase the pull of the moon's gravity and flood Venice, thereby leaving it open to plunder all of its artistic goods. He's then going to ransom off those artistic goods to pay for repairs to the Titan Drome and his foot soldiers who are falling apart. He sends Shredder to Earth, who comes across the turtles in the sewers and cuts open a drain pipe, soaking in them with the water inside. The turtles run off and meet up with April. Shredder sets up base in the basement of the Opera House. Krang is going to send him the parts of the Hydrofluxer to assemble there, but first he sends Bebop and Rocksteady to Venice with the instructions on how to put it all together. They get a tussle with the turtles, and the turtles get the instructions, thereby learning what Krang is planning. Donatello is able to use some sort of magnet beam to intercept the last part of the device being transported from Dimension X, the molecular wave intensifier, preventing the hydrofluxer from being fully assembled. But then Shredder's like, you know what, screw it, I have most of the parts, so I'm just going to turn it on anyway. But without that final part, they can't aim the hydrofluxer, and it goes crazy, making giant waves, turning statues to life, nonsense like that for some reason. Uh, April and Irma are attacked by one of these living statues created by the Hydrofluxer, but they're saved by the turtles. The turtles then are driving around while Donatello's tinkering with a molecular wave amplifier, and they're attacked by a giant statue that throws the turtle van in the, into the canals. The wave amplifier flies out, and it's caught by Bebop and Rocksteady, who are joyriding around on a speedboat through the canals. The turtle van gives chase thanks to its pontoon enhancements, but Bebop and Rocksteady are able to get the wave amplifier back to Shredder. He puts the wave amplifier in the hydrofluxer, but everything goes wrong. All the flooding and the living statues stop. They determine it's because of Donatello's tinkering. So Krang brings them back to Dimension X, where the hydrofluxer then just explodes. The day is saved, the turtles are celebrated as heroes, in a small Mardi Gras day parade. The end. I didn't know they celebrated Mardi Gras in Italy. Or Lisbon. Uh, Italy. Venice. I don't know. Still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was was Venice. Ring of Fire is Lisbon. Is Mardi Gras more of a French? Because I don't think it started in Louisiana. Well, no, Uh, it definitely didn't. But anyway, uh, the next. Isn't it Carnival in Italy? No, Carnival is uh, South American, isn't it? Uh, I mean, definitely Brazil. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, that, that's that's second time. That's second time around stuff. I'm gonna do some googling while you yeah. buy some Chat. buy you some time. Okay. Uh, next episode is Artless. Uh, season code EU five. Original air date October second, nineteen ninety three, in the good old U.S. of A. Written by Doug Molitor. The Turtles and Splinter arrive in Florence, Italy, while also watching April's report on the legendary painting, The Last Supper. At the same time, two aliens named Dub and Yikum are also watching the report and decide that they want the masterpiece for themselves. And so the painting vanishes right in the middle of April's report. While they consider how to recover The Last Supper, Splinter attempts to educate the Turtles on their, nam- on their namesake's art, only to see the original Michelangelo's David statue stolen by the two aliens. When they try to intervene, the turtles are sent flying into the sky and are dropped into a river. 
Fortunately, Donatello has a rocket pack that slows their descent enough for them to make it to safety. Unfortunately, they're confronted by angry museum guards and a mob of people who blame them for the vanishing art. Splinter shows up with a turtle van, allowing them to escape while they figure out what the aliens are basing their thefts around. April's news report on the Renaissance masters and that their next target will be the Raphael, the original Raphael's frescoes in Rome, specifically the School of Athens. The turtles make their way to Rome, where they infiltrate the Vatican dressed as monks. Unfortunately, the painting is already gone by the time they arrive, and the tourists are running from the famed 16th chapel. <laughs> the turtles arrive just as the aliens are planning to steal the chapel ceiling, and Splinter manages to knock April out of the chapel before it vanishes. The turtles were teleported along with the artwork as well, down into the catacombs. They manage to remain unobtrusive until Michelangelo freaks out over the idea of being in a system of tombs. Upon hearing their names, the aliens mistakenly believe that the turtles are the actual artists and decide to kidnap them and bring them back to their home galaxy along with the paintings. Frozen in place and disarmed, the turtles try to convince their kidnappers that they aren't the artists, but they aren't believed. Splinter meets up with April once again, this time to, with a plan to defeat the aliens, doing a fine arts report on the Colosseum in Rome. Transporting something so massive causes the stasis field around the turtles to putter out, and they leap through the energy portal into the Colosseum. Dob and Yikum arrive to reclaim them, but the turtles arm themselves with some gladiatorial weapons. The machinery finally burns out from trying to transport the Colosseum, and the turtles drive the aliens into retreat. But they still have the priceless masterpieces, so the turtles head back down into the catacombs and begin fighting once again. However, April and Splinter pretend that the masterpieces are clever forgeries by sticking Made in the Crab Nebula stickers on them. They convince the turtles to return the fake masterpieces, which they do, to avoid anyone knowing that they fell for such trickery. That night, as the turtles are eating pizza, they witness an art expert finding one of the stickers left on The Last Supper, Michelangelo having forgotten to take it off. The End all right, that brings us to my episode, number six, Ring of Fire. This episode was written by Mark Edens and aired on October 2nd of 1993. The Turtles are in Lisbon, Portugal for the running of the Bulls. In Dimension X, Krang created a device that will allow him to make a super powerful lens and he can, that, he, that he can use to set cities on fire. But he needs to use a very specific kind of silicone to do it and it's located in Lisbon, of course. In a wild turn of events, Mikey ends up washed out to sea, and right by where Channel 6 news crew is doing a report. Suddenly, Bebop and Rocksteady and Shredder show up and try to capture them. Michelangelo steps in, but is overpowered by his enemies. Before he is sent to the big pizza place in the sky, his brothers show up and save him. Shredder doesn't have time for this and leaves but he also drops the key to his hideout. The turtles leave and try to find out where Shredder ran off to. April stumbles upon the key and realizes that it must be Shredder's. They need to use it to find Shredder. The turtles now find Shredder entering the bullfight arena. They follow him and see him gathering the sand from the ring. They tussle with Shredder again, and he lets a bull loose on them while he escapes. April and Irma find the door that the key fits, and they enter inside this cathedral that the key opened up. 
Down in the basement, they find Shredder manufacturing his lens. Then they are captured and tied to his lens. When the sun rises, they will be toasted. The turtles are busy trying to solve the mystery of what Shredder is up to when April and Irma rock the lens to send a message in Morse code through the flashes of light it causes. April tells them the location and Shredder's plan. April and Irma are able to set themselves free by burning the ropes that have tied them up. Shredder runs back to Dimension X when the turtles get there, and the turtles destroy his device before it can burn down Lisbon. The end. Old. What an absolute trio of episodes these were. They were three episodes. <laughs> they, yeah, they, these definitely were three episodes. I'm, I'm sensing a pattern in this European vacation. Yeah, it's it's like every other season four episode. <laughs> well, yeah. let's take it back to the uh, second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. All right. Here's the Wikipedia hole I went down on Italian Mardi Gras. So in Italy, Mardi Gras is called... Martini Grasso, Fat Tuesday, is the main day of Carnival, along with the Thursday before, called Giovedi Grasso, or Fat Thursday, which ratifies the start of the celebrations. The most famous carnivals in northern Italy are in Venice, Variaggio, and Evria, while in the southern part of Italy, there's a lot more Italian words after that. Um, From the article on Carnival, from Italy... Carnival traditions spread to Spain, Portugal, and France, and from France to New France and America. So, Italy is indeed famous for its Mardi Gras celebrations. Now we know. Now you know. That's why you listen to this podcast, is uh, my my shoddy researchmanship. And to know the origins of Mardi Gras, which country it started in. Yeah. Well, I know why I like Mardi Gras. Drinking in public. Uh, Anywho. Anything, else, anything else for these episodes? <laughs> for this episode? Uh, let's see. We get um, Jim Cummings is again Shredder. And I think he's going to be Shredder for the rest of the season, if I'm not mistaken. At least for the rest of the European vacation, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've seen the turtle van in water with this pontoon thing at least twice already. So I don't quite know why the turtles were worried about that at this point. Um, and then we get a nice little pop culture reference. Krang says he's going to double his pleasure and double his fun. It was a famous ad for double mint gum. Oh, so there you go. That was actually mine. Uh, my second time around because oh. I, but that's okay. <laughs> there you go. That was the only other thing I was like, Oh, hmm. yeah, it totally went over my head. I didn't know that. Do you not know double mint gum? Apparently not. It's a statement of the great mint. When I was, the the gum that was heavily advertised when I was watching my Saturday morning cartoons was Juicy Fruit. Ah, Juicy Uh, Fruit. Yeah, Juicy Fruit. And then I also remember the the five gum commercials and then the memes that later on came from the five gum commercials. Those five gum commercials were ridiculous too. How it feels to chew five gum. Yeah. It's like the dude above like the big fan blowing upwards. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Crazy. All right, are we ready for Artless? Yeah. <laughs> was anybody ready for Artless? Because <laughs> I was when I saw that it was written by <laughs> Molitor. 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 Uh, a great name. 
there's a fun fourth wall break in this one uh, when Michelangelo says, who'd pay to see a movie about mutant turtles? Uh, that is a reference to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie trilogy released between 1990 and 1993. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot less people that did go pay to see the third one, but that first one, <laughs> very significant. Well, technically the third one hadn't released by the time this original uh, air date for this episode, but... Uh, well, you- no, because it came out in 93. It came out in 93. But uh, as of uh, this episode originally airing, uh, the original movie, well, the original movie was the highest grossing independent film of all time. Uh, And we were, well, I mean, it still would have been until the, that's what I'm saying. Like at the time it was until 1999 when the Blair Witch Project uh, took it out. Um, but we're recording this episode on the day uh, of its original release 33 years ago. So Amazing. Well, just thought that was fun. Uh, also, I didn't know if I should put this in like, I love being a turtle, but it was, it was cause it was funny. Um, but uh, they showed the statue of David <laughs> in this episode. And I was like, are they going to show it? Are they going to show, are they going to show it? Yeah. Uh, and you can see, you can see like, and and it's funny because it leaves you like in like a little tension, like, Oh God, like they're getting real close. They're getting real close. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like it's a wide shot and you can tell they painted it. Like (laughs) it's, it's, it's definitely like painted there and like highlighted, but it's not defined. (laughs) Yeah. So. It was made. It's definitely a background made for CRT TVs. Yeah, definitely. High def. It's like, oh, hey. <laughs> definitely not. Um, <laughs> definitely did not air uh, here like that, or made made for HD TVs. So right. You can also. You, they showed the full butt too on the. They on the did. They did. But yeah. what also was like weird is that like they like made his feet look weird. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, once again, I didn't look at his feet, Mike. This this is something you keep looking at. <laughs> look, I had to because this was my episode, uh, so I had to study everything. Yeah, yeah. So you notice Splinter's feet. You notice. You notice David. Like, how feet. could you not notice Splinter's feet? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just didn't look that closely at his feet. You know. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of Splinter, there was a part in this episode where Vernon sees Splinter. He's like, giant frat- rats freak me out. But he himself was a giant rat at one point. Yeah. So. Hmm. Um, let's see. No Shredder, no Krang, obviously, in this episode. And um, I don't know if y'all are fans of Crash Bandicoot, but these aliens look exactly like Nitrous Oxide. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, I've never played the Crash trilogy. Me I, neither. Nitrous, I think, was actually from the racing game originally, which is an amazing kart racer i remember watching my cousin play the one that came out for a wii where he could like control the enemy somehow but that's Ooh. i had not played that one is that crash of the titans i think it is yeah it is crash of the titans yeah i was at comic-con last weekend and talking to my dad and saying stuff like this like i somehow knew it was crash of the titans I was like, you know, I could have been like good at business or something, but instead I filled my brain with useless facts like Crash of the Titans. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm sure my parents are incredibly proud of me for being on a Teenage Mutant Turtles podcast instead yeah. of pursuing anything else. We're certified certified though. We are certified certified though. All right, ready for Ring of Fire? Is anybody ready for Ring of Fire? Wait, the what one thing I, I do want to say about before Ring of Fire, sorry, uh, to destroy the momentum. No, okay. Everyone's allowed one. We did talk about this last time. Uh, a little bit about like Mikey's nunchucks kind of showing up and he swings them around in this episode. Like it's not like they're just in his belt. Like in, in episode five, he was actually swinging the nunchucks around. So, okay. So that plays into my theory that I posited last week where like, because these episodes aren't edited in any way like that. Um, like they're, they're not, called hero turtles and like they're called the ninja turtles in the episode so like well, in the i don't think English that these dub. i don't well i mean because they were in america they, they wouldn't have dubbed it in a different language for the uk they wouldn't so, have for the uk but it's possible they could have switched out hero and said hero or not said anyway i don't know so so well yeah, what i'm weird what they animate the the nunchucks but then yeah they would also edit it to be hero turtles so what yeah, I what I'm yeah. what I'm throwing out there is that I don't think these episodes originally aired in the UK, mm-hmm. but they aired in other European countries where they didn't have the ninja stigma. Mm, yeah, it's possible. So, do we know any our, turtles fans in the UK? Uh, I don't know, Spencer. You know our demographics. Uh, yeah. We well, we had a. Uh... Now I feel terrible because I totally forgot his name, but that guy that uh, commented from Scotland that I gave a shout out to last week. Oh, that's right. So if you are Scottish listener, uh, can you let us know how these episodes were back then? Uh, what Stacy's parlor, Stacy, if you're listening, I know you're a turtles fan. Tell us if these aired in Europe. <laughs> Well, t- tell us where in Europe these aired. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically not witness, the UK. Did did you ever witness Michelangelo swinging his nunchucks around our UK listeners? We know you exist. We know you're out there. We know you're out there. So you better tell us. <laughs> Don't make it creepy. Uh, okay, Ring of Fire. We've We've seen the turtles kill rock soldiers before, right? They've they've done this like they've actually like killed them before because like Mikey straight up takes lives in this episode. Those rock mutants are dead. Yeah, this is the this is the birth of uh, the last Ronin right here. <laughs> he kills like six of them too, like all in a row. I don't think we've seen the turtles do it. We we definitely saw Big Mac do it. Um, and and if you remember, like Rock Around the Block, they used a rockalizer, and I thought they did that so that they could kill those rock soldiers because they weren't sentient. But here, yeah, Michelangelo, he takes lives. Yeah, they, they are dead. This this might be the first time in this series we've actually seen the turtles kill someone. So I feel like that's pretty monumental. It's okay uh, when they're made of rock. I thought it was funny that the um, when Krang is sending everybody to uh, Lisbon, um, he the the portal doesn't open so it just looks like shredder the rock soldiers bebop and rock city all raw, run into a solid wall I know and they that. just kind of and they just kind of fade out 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's like some sort of teleportation beam, or they have them like jump in the like modules. the like the sound plays, but like they they don't um, like nothing happens. So yeah, they kind of they kind of turn red as though they've gone into a portal. But yeah, they're yeah. Just walking into a like a, a metal wall. Go figure. I don't have an answer. Maybe they just didn't want to animate the the portal effect. Um, Donatello makes yet another pizza maker in this episode. Well, this one was like an olive pizza maker, which is disgusting. I hate so you at least try. So, like, I was thinking about it. Like, I don't, I, w- I don't think I would mind green olives on a pizza. You never had green olives on a pizza? No. I've only black I've olives. only ever done black olives. Oh, it's it's like it might be super common in Italy and Argentina from when I spent some time down there. It's on like all of them. Hmm, it interesting. Is. Yeah, no, they I think they make pizza closer to how like Italy makes pizzas and yeah, it's so, like so more like margarita version. Yes, more more like that. I mean, they don't put really a whole lot of like tomatoes on it and like very very light on the sauce uh anyway it's to be totally honest i i like american pizza more um you know italy may have invented pizza but so far from everything i've tried america perfected it <laughs> okay i'm not actually gonna say that, I'm gonna take that back. but i do that, prefer american that was pizza. a statement that was a statement uh but Bring i do prefer on, really. I mean, I, I can't say it's for sure Italy, you know, because I, I haven't, I have, I have tried a few authentic Italian joints, or at least they yeah. claim to be authentic, and I've really liked the pizza there. Uh, but I do like American pizza more than I like Argentine pizza. Uh, I will say that. I know a guy. I, I just, I just love a good, I don't know, junk food pizza. And I haven't had pie in a while. I really love a pizza pie. I know a guy who visited Lebanon and said that they use like ketchup as their sauce. Ugh. Yeah, so it was real, real bad. Mm, yeah, no, definitely would prefer American pizza in that case. Yeah, pineapple belongs on pizza. Just gonna it put does. It pineapple it does. belongs on pizza. Only thing, the only thing that I like. There's two things I can't stand on a pizza: uh, onions and barbecue chicken. I'm good. I, are you kidding me? I love a barbecue. I hate barbecue. I hate barbecue, barbecue, oh, I hate barbecue chicken on a pizza. Uh, are you doing it with red sauce and then barbecue chicken on top of it? Are you talking about me, talking to me that or Spencer? Sounds, I mean, that sounds good. I don't Ugh. think I've ever had that, Ugh. but that sounds good. No, that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe what you need is instead of red sauce, barbecue sauce. I mean, and and, uh, of it. at that I point, mean, you're just having a barbecue sandwich, like without without a top crust. But you have some like how so like so, like take a pizza, right? Ham and ham and pineapple, maybe even some jalapeno on there. With barbecue sauce instead of red sauce. Ooh, now you're on like, something. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not like poo-pooing it for everybody. Like if you like barbecue chicken pizza, like my wife does, um, that's fine. Like I love pastrami sandwich pizza. Like that's one of my all time favorites. So I'm not gonna like we're on a barbecue nin- chicken pizza, get off our podcast. Uh, I definitely did not say that because we don't discriminate pizzas here on this Ninja Turtles podcast. <laughs> right, we do not. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, the thing is, is I'm like full hot blooded American. You know, I, I eat barbecue sauce on everything. You know, everything tastes better with barbecue. It's, do you have a favorite barbecue sauce? 
I mean, I usually just buy like Famous Dave's at the store. It's like the cheap one, you know. But if I can get like a good, you know, more pricey one that comes in a glass bottle, I will, you know. I mean, like Sweet Baby Ray's. I mean, Sweet Baby Ray's is good. That's that's kind of the other one I also get. Like Famous Dave's is usually the first one I get. You know, it uses something with a little more that's a little spicy on the spicier mm. side. You know, uh, if I can. My wife doesn't like spicy stuff, so sometimes I don't. But yeah, usually I'll get Famous Dave's if that's not there. Baby Ray's. Is I think I have like two bottles of Sweet Baby Ray's in our fridge right now. That's just because I accidentally opened the second one. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'll I'll dump barbecue sauce on my ice cream. You know, I'm just kidding. Oh, you really are American. <laughs> yeah. Roof shingles, ice cream, box of tacks. Yeah, ice cream. I even, you know, eat just some plastic wafers, you know, with some barbecue sauce on it. Just just for the barbecue sauce. <laughs> just wooden shims, everything. <laughs> As best if you have if you have a favorite pizza topping that sounds weird, let us know. <laughs> I think I told you this before, but cream cheese is like our regional topping. Not like in lieu of other cheese, just like chunks of cream cheese on top of pizza. Did you tell us that before? I thought I had like I that. Don't rem- I don't remember that, but I'm curious. That actually does sound like it could be good. That could add some extra creaminess to the. Yeah. To yeah. The- so usually it's like you would put the red sauce and then, you know, you dice up a, a block of cream cheese and you just like put the chunks kind of interspersed on that, then put a layer of cheese, then put either like, I like it with Canadian bacon. A lot of people like it with pepperoni and then it's not like. It doesn't even be as bad a heartburn because you're getting more dairy with the pepperoni, you know? Yeah. So. Just just more constipation and stuff. I like that. Oh, yeah. No, it clogs yeah. me up for like a week. And uh, <laughs> you can actually like if you, by the third slice, you can like you can feel your blood like going backwards through your body. <laughs> yeah. It's just so thick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's as good. as a it wouldn't as just a, congeal where it is. <laughs> it congeals in parts and that's why it goes backwards mm. in other parts, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, if you've experienced it, you know what's happening. <laughs> As a real American, I'm just very open to anything going on top of a pizza, really. You know, that's just, fair. just anything. That's yeah. that's how you know you're a real American is if you're open to that. You know, just Oh yeah, yeah. That that I haven't never tried that on a pizza before, but I will now. Butter and clams. Oh, are we talking about <laughs> American, not Ninja Turtle. Yeah. yeah. Uh what else we got? Um I have a note here that McDonald Crump is back, but I don't actually remember did they say his name or something? They did, yeah. They okay, just mentioned right. him on the side. Cool. Um, my last note here is, uh, obviously, we have Jim Cummings doing Shredder for this season. We've got, uh, who was it? Hal Rail? Doing- Hal, uh, Hal Rail as yeah. Raphael, who I, then, think, I think kind of got into his, like, came into his own uh, in these three episodes. Yeah, he sounded more like he belongs there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this episode has Greg Berg as both Donatello and and Bebop instead of uh, Barry Gordon. Yeah, so not the first time that we've heard Greg Berg, but the first time in a while that we've heard him as Donatello and Bebop. Yeah, and he's fine as Donatello, but Bebop. I, I feel like there's a reason why he doesn't say a whole lot in these episodes. See, I'm the yeah. other way. Around. <laughs> I'm the other way around. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I like I like his Bebop a little bit more than his Donatello, but. Mm. Mm. Fair mm. enough. He sounds <laughs> he sounds he sounds too much more like like Rocksteady. He sounds like too plain uh for, for the way this show is voice acting. Gotcha. That's that's fair. Yeah. I, I think he sounds too much like he sounds like a really old man to me when he does Donatello. 
I don't know what it is. But yeah, that's fair. Still, still not my favorite. I, I generally like the original voice actors for this series. Uh, when there's when they were when they were when they are replaced, it is sorely missed by me. Yeah. So nothing against the original voice actors. It's probably just due to just being used to the original. Sounds like you got it out for the original voice actors. I, I do actually. You're yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah. I do. Yeah. Right. Want to destroy their careers? Gotcha. We haven't had anyone sub in for Leonardo or Michelangelo yet, have we? I don't think been, so. It's just yeah. been Raff and Don, right? And Shredder and Krang. Hmm. And Bebop, no, that's Rock City. And Bebop. And Rock, Bebop, not well, Rock Bebop, City. Well, Bebop, not Rock City. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. All right, that's, well, that's all go. I got, y'all. All right, speaking of pizza toppings, bringing that back around. Anchovy time. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. Now, have you all had anchovy on pizza before? I have. I hated it. I've, really? I've never even actually had anchovies. It was a salty experience uh, that I do not flavor. that I do not wish to relive. It's the same thing when you put green olives on a pizza, though, to me. But see, like, like back to the I, green. <laughs> I feel like I could. I feel like I can do the green olives just fine. Uh, but like, just remembering the anchovies and like we. I remember it was like me and like my best friend, like we were in high school um, and we just thought it would be funny to order a pizza with anchovies. And it's like, we both took like one bite and we're just like, <laughs> um, and just threw that whole pizza away. Like just wasted oh. all that food. Cause you can't, cause you can't even salvage it at that point. Like you can't just pick off the anchovies cause it's like baked into the cheese. Yeah, and the so anchovies like, are like these like bony little or spiny little fish. Like you can't just like wipe them off there. Well, <laughs> well, well. So, um, I so I found out that like it's not always that. Um, these were like little chunks of of anchovy, like like uh-huh. like little like fish bits. Hmm. Gross. Like specifically, so there weren't any bones. Hmm. Now I've heard that if you're going to get anchovies on pizza, you should also get mushroom because mushroom absorbs salt very well. It does, which that, is why makes it less salty. Which less is why I'm a big fan of uh, mushrooms on pizza. There you go. Like my my basic go to if I just like if I just want a pizza just for myself is pepperoni mushrooms and black olives. Mm. Like I mean, that's just, that's my stable go to. Well, yeah, black, black olives are kind of salty. Mushroom absorbs that up. Yeah, makes sense. All right. I have had, uh, have you guys ever had hot honey? No. Yes, I did. I tried that. That yeah, is so you know, it's open. good on pizza. I'm curious. I didn't like it. I don't know. I got, I, mom was like a store bought one. Maybe, maybe if it was like from a restaurant, it could be better. I'm like, I'm open to it being better than when I tried it. But yeah. I tried it. I wanted to like it. And it just didn't turn out well. I'm logging. I'm logging into Pizza Hut right now to see if uh, they <laughs> if they have anchovies still. Yeah, but when I got anchovy pizza one time, I put some of that hot honey on there, and that was yeah. really good. It's also it's really good on barbecue chicken pizza as well. If you like the California pizzas, all right. So meats we have pepperoni, Italian sausage, bacon, meatball, ham, grilled chicken, beef, and pork. No anchovies. And I mean no anchovies. And I mean no anchovies. If you put anchovies on this pizza, you're <laughs> yeah. in big trouble, okay? All right. So, Fox chicken. 
I know Papa John's around here is the place where I've gotten anchovies on pizza. Okay, so let's see if Domino's does it. We're totally not avoiding talking about these episodes by <laughs> by messing around with the pizza. Let us know. Sometimes I think when we diverge from the shows, it's almost better. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's our best content, but yeah. sometimes it is. Sometimes though, I only like oh, yeah, well, yeah, you have to edit it, so you hate all of it. <laughs> <laughs> you hate you hate it when we when we stay off topic because you're like, oh, I need to listen for the cuts. <laughs> As someone who actually re-listens to this, sometimes <laughs> I feel like our tangents go on a little too long. Yeah, uh, God, I gotta listen to these idiots. Yeah, dude, I have to hear like the sound of my own voice, and I'm just like, how do people well, do if it? We do, if Why we ever get, done this? If we ever get the clapper that we talked about, <laughs> so we could hear that. Okay, uh, Papa John's okay. does have anchovies. So okay, Domino's anchovies. does not. Ham, beef, salami, pepperoni, Italian sausage, premium chicken, bacon, and Philly steak. Pre- I know it's not good chicken if it's called premium chicken. Yeah. Like grilled is a is an adjective for chicken. Premium I just don't not. love chicken on pizza at all. I guess like, but barbecue barbecue chicken is just ugh. I I can't do it. Oh, a barbecue chicken pizza is one of my favorites, especially if you throw some red onions on there. No, oh, yeah. I just said no onions. Oh, yeah. Onions, baby. Oh, do you get those California onions. pizzas, Spencer? I get all the pizzas. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it's it's the brand is California pizza. What's, what's just the like California a, pizza? It's it's oh, a yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, it yeah. comes to the yellow box in the freezer section. Yes, that barbecue yes. chicken pizza is the bomb. And that's the you one mean, I eat with the hot You mean honey. California Pizza Kitchen? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, a, pl- a place good. that Californians do not get pizza from. That's fine. I it's also just... don't get it from there. I just get it from the <laughs> freezer section. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, man. Anyway, we, we should probably get garlic to... chicken pizza. That's good, too. I think I have, yeah. But like the next day, every time I farted, I was like, "Oh man, this is vampire repellent." Speaking anyway, of vampire right. repellent, these three episodes, <laughs> these three episodes, man. Uh, fart. Yeah, Venice on the half shell. Okay, so I watch. So typically, I watch these episodes. Um, I try not to watch them too far in advance, um, so they're always fresh in my mind. Uh, I got ahead of myself. I. I went to the gym and then I decided I'm just going to watch these, but that was on Monday. We're recording this on Thursday. I completely forgot Venice on the half shell and artless already. <laughs> like these, yeah, the episodes were so boring. Yeah. My, my first big thing is like splinter is just gone in this episode. Like he went on vacation with them and he just doesn't show up. Not well, he's like, he's like Oof. off doing his own thing. Like when he was in, um, when they were in the mountain, when they were in the mountains last week. Yeah, but then he was doing his own thing, and this one he's just like not around at all. Yeah, just period. Just oh, doesn't yeah. show yeah. him. Boop. Not there. Yeah. Guys, why why didn't Krang just send the directions straight to Shredder? Why did he give him the Bebop and Rocksteady so they could go find the turtles with the instructions? Yeah. The whole thing. And then the machine is supposed to make the moon more powerful, but it makes gargoyles come to life. Yeah, like Cause I, that's what, that's what I was saying. Like I, so I forgot like a lot of this episode, but I was watching it while I was working out too. And so like, I guess I zoned out and then came back and I was like, why are the gargoyles alive? Yeah. Like this was about the moon. If you had watched it intently, you would have been like, why did these gargoyles come alive? (laughs) This is about the moon. (laughs) I still would have had the same question. Yeah, exactly. So make it more exciting. 
Because it was more exciting because of them. <laughs> oh, wait, hey. But it was a, also, just a dumb episode. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like they straight up like send he sends straight up with like instructions that he ends up losing and like he has to go to all these places. But at a certain point, when Shredder says that he lost the instructions, doesn't know how to build it, and he says, oh, I'll have to tell you. Before that, he chucks a wrench at Bebop through his screen. Like, he could just pass him instructions okay. through the screen. He could have teleported everyone through the screen I, I to where they needed to be. They didn't need to run into the turtles and everything that happened. Yeah, he could have sent the whole machine. Why do he have to send it in pieces? And then why did Shredder turn it on when it wasn't complete? Well, because he was, he was so anxious. Because he just knew he could get it done. I guess. Also, when the turtles go to like the planet of the turtleoids, and in previous episodes, they talk about wanting to stay there because they're accepted. In Europe, they seem widely accepted. Like, yeah, they should, like why, why don't they, they want to stay in Italy? <laughs> they are like freely going down the rivers of Venice in a gondola, like without disguises on. Yeah, frequently no one cares that they are out and about, that they exist. <laughs> it's true. It's like literally, literally living for them at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Like they, they get to be on Earth, they get to be around pizza. Why why don't the turtles just stay in Italy? They they right? could be they could live a wonderful life there. Just also that. like Prang knows there's other deposits of gold in the world, right? In richer the deposits, pl- the whole like, plant. Who is he going to pay in Dimension X? Yeah, uh, I, I had it. I had it in my next section because it was so funny. But the wrench bit. <laughs> I love that. Like Krang is complaining that they don't have that much power, um, so he can't send that much through. But then, like right after, turns the portal on just to throw a wrench at Bebop and Rocksteady's face. <laughs> I just I thought that was so funny. <laughs> he literally like he and it's like he would have had to like aim because he like he's throwing it into the view screen in front of him. <laughs> so and yeah. it's like and it's like slightly off. Um just it just the image of it because it's so fast too. It was it was it's stupid because it's like Krang is complaining about not having enough power, but he found enough power to throw that wrench at Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. So artless, like we have some more kind of boring. I really did not like looking at Dob and Yukum. Yeah, they're gross looking. They were like, yeah, they were they're gross looking aliens. Which like, okay, yeah, aliens can be gross, but it's like they have like three eyes, but it's like it looks like their eyes have lips, and they got those like size noodles protruding snouts, uh. like and tentacle arms. But you know what, Neca, make these. I I want these figures. Yeah. <laughs> Make them as plushies, though. Mm. Ooh, yeah, that would be nice. Just, just something you can, you know, go to bed with. You know, you can just hold it and cuddle with it, sleep. You know, <laughs> put it out on the couch, maybe next to like the throw pillows for you know the guests that come over. <laughs> what a what a hard sell. Hey, have you always wanted something that? Is soft and cuddly and will scare the crap out of everybody. Buy these plushies, right? Yeah, that was pretty much every all all kids' toys in the two thousands, though. Like everything was like That's super true. ugly all the time for everything. I have two things written down for anchovies. One one is this is stupid, and I understand that note. 
the other one, I'm kind of in Mike's boat. I watched this over the weekend, and it says, it says they act like their weapons were stolen, and I don't quite remember what that's about, but I think this plot was just so nonsensical, I, I, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. There's at one point where Donatello, like, everyone is upset at the Turtles, and they've turned on them, and Donatello's just like, how could the people turn on us like that? As if they haven't had a whole bunch of people already turn on them before, or the right. fact that they like live in the sewers and aren't accepted by society in New York right? all the time. And they're just like, how could they turn on us like this? And it's just funny that he's being incredulous about something that is supposed to be their reality all the time. Donatello incredulous about something? I know. It's unbelievable. I'm incredulous about it. <laughs> so, also... We see that the uh, the aliens are straight up just beaming the Colosseum into their hideout from their hideout. Why weren't they just doing that with all the works of art the whole time? Like they they literally didn't have to leave their hideout. Then they could have just absorbed them all in, left, not left anyone a chance to discover them or find them or or anything else. Just I'm just saying, you know, just uh, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's it's the same thing with the instructions in the last episode. It's like, yeah, because otherwise, like the bad guys' plots are not bad, so they just have to like make up ways for the turtles to find them out, right? Yeah. Hmm. That exists. All right, ring of fire. The ring of fire. Why was this called the ring of fire? I, I guess it's because of the lens, right? I guess, the, yeah, I guess it's just the lens. Yeah, because like the Ring of I Fire is in the Pacific Ocean, correct? Yeah, yeah. On the Ring of Fire, the Ring of Fire, the Ring of Fire. Why did they need the sand? What was important about that? Uh, because it was a micro silicon sand that could be uh, ground into uh, perfect kinds of lenses for reflecting the sun's rays, and and starting fires with it. I remembered that detail specifically <laughs> because uh, that sand does not exist in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, <laughs> there are other there are other ways to acquire that sand, uh, and not specifically from a bullfighting ring either. And not specifically from a bullfighting ring. Um, you normally that kind of sand has to be artificially created. <laughs> it doesn't just naturally occur. So, hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing with the lens, like, it just, so, like, he can make the lens, but then there's, like, a machine they're going to use to, like, put a beam through it or something along those lines that's going to, like, light everything on fire, but then also the sun is supposed to work with it. Like, I, it was not very clear other than things were supposed to be burned down Yeah, it, by the end of this episode. It's another, like, kind of, like, huh, plot? <laughs> yeah, like, like even, even then, like, Krang wants the lens so he can, like, use it. But then, and so Shredder goes to like get the stuff for it. He gets the sand. He then also makes it there. And then he then also just starts using it there. Like it seemed like Krang wanted that and sent him to like go get it. But then he just straight up goes to like using it. I'm going to burn down Lisbon. Yeah. Like it, I don't know. It just, this plot just did not really have a, a straight full through thread. Like I, I just don't think that it had a direction that was official. It just kind of ended up happening. Sometimes I think they just like, like they just have a bunch of titles and a hat. And they pull them out and they're like, okay, you're writing a uh, Ring of Fire. 
Just make it work. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's a kid show. Just just do it. You know, Ring of Fire. Uh, okay, Ring of Fire. Uh, Lens. Why not? Yeah. That's a you know like that's how it's written. It's, that's a logical <laughs> through line right there. Yeah. Um, I I still think it's funny that like. Uh, Burn keeps sending Irma back and forth from Europe. Yeah. Well, and like, wasn't Vernon? Vernon was in this episode, but wasn't he in a, in an earlier episode? Like, so Vernon not wanting to go to Europe or something. Yeah, like Vernon, like Vernon sometimes doesn't want to go to Europe, and then I guess he's back in New York, and then he goes back. Um, I was it artless where he specifically like April has to cover it because Vernon is sick. It's I God, I can't remember which episode it was, but it's like Vernon, like Vernon couldn't be in one of the episodes because he was sick in his like room, and so Burn sent Irma again from New York. <laughs> And and it's like and, and it's like April what? April is April's reporting um like even in the the Mardi Gras episode um she's reporting as like the European correspondent which like you're not the European correspondent you're the American correspondent who's in Europe yeah you would like, think you it would be much cheaper to just like interview the European correspondent instead of flying your whole yeah it would have it would have been week. much cheaper to have like a sister station. <laughs> Because that that's typically like what international channels do. Like they yeah. go to their they go to the European correspondent. Maybe this is why Vernon is so tight with his money. <laughs> it's because he's like I spent he blows it know, so stupidly. Yeah, I spent a, a year's budget in a week sending my whole crew <laughs> to Europe to cover Mardi Gras, <laughs> back and forth to cover <laughs> Mardi yeah. Gras. Because uh, he's got to fly Irma back. <laughs> Because yeah. again, we've established there's only like five people who work at Channel Six. Two of them are in Europe right now, so Vern ha- or Burn has to keep sending Irma back and forth. Yeah, on the first can get there for the six o'clock news, right? <laughs> yeah, just for the six o'clock news, six o'clock local news too. Like, right. Channel Six is not like it's not CNN, <laughs> right? Yeah, they they have this whole building that they don't use really hardly, <laughs> most likely. Just bad. Um, my final anchovy. I'll say it again. I hate olives. Not me. I like them. Uh, you know, I, I was... like a good. I like a good black olive. You know, got a lot of fond memories of sticking them on my fingers as a kid and eating them off of them. Oh, gross! It's wonderful. If it was uh, up to me, I would rename our anchovy section olives. And and, and green olives are okay. You know, they're not my favorite, but they're 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 all right. I've had them in a martini before, but I didn't like martinis after that. Yeah, it's it's a gross drink. It was a good drink in the fifties before flavor was invented. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like gin. Uh, God, gin is the worst alcohol. I do not like it. Spencer, do you drink? What's your favorite? I I do not drink. I uh, I I like Mountain Dew. If you do start drinking, don't drink gin. It's a it's a drink for stodgy old European men. It tastes like a Christmas tree, but bad. And my former best friend. That's what she drank on her twenty first birthday. Gin? Yeah, we were in Vegas because yeah. I was twenty one and she um and she had turned twenty one after me. Um, 
So we we were in Vegas and she had gin as like her first like drink on the strip and we were like, uh. It's the culmination of what I assume is a lifetime of bad decisions. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not friends with her anymore, so it only went downhill from there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, All right, should we move on to what we loved about these episodes? Yeah, let's let's talk about things we loved. Oh, I love being a turtle. Right. I love show. There's a great I love bit. I love the tangents that we've gone on <laughs> along the way. This is this has good. been a very a very unfocused episode. Well, uh, I think it's because here. these episodes are so unfocused. So it That's only true. brought that out It's on theme. Yeah. So this has been we're... a ring of fire episode for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Keith, you were you were saying Venice on the half shell. That's a fun. Oh, I was gonna say I had a nightmare about olives when I was a kid, and they looked they mutated and they look like Vector Man. Um, okay, so oh, Venice oh, on Vector the half Man. shell. Yeah, that's a reference. Huh? Venice that's on the reference. half shell. There's a great bit where Krang admits that he intentionally dumped Shredder in the canal for his own amusement. And yeah, that was very funny. Uh, I had already uh, mentioned the the wrench being thrown through the portal. <laughs> At Bebop and Rock City. That's just, it's such a funny bit. Like, because <laughs> it's like he doesn't say anything, he just does it. And it's like after complaining that he doesn't have like enough, like everything's so expensive. Yeah, for me, I, I've said this before at other times. I'm I'm a simple man. I love seeing a good gargoyle or statue, something come to life and uh, attack things. Even if it doesn't make sense for the episode, I, I just like seeing it. It's fun. I don't know. Speaks to something in my inner child that enjoyed seeing that as well. I thought it was funny that they like flew back into their spot when they were done. Yeah. <laughs> or they could even fly in the first place. Or they that they could even fly in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are they going by like garg like hunchback in Notre Dame rules? Well, you see, but, we just can't see how fast those wings actually are flapping, but it is very fast to keep right. all that in the air. Hummingbird style. Yeah, but beyond the hummingbird. Of course the gargoyles fly like hummingbirds. They were brought to life by a, a machine that's used to increase the gravity of the moon. Yeah. It makes perfect sense when you spell it, it out sense. like that. Right. All right, All right. so artless. <laughs> uh, I do like at the end when the turtles, like, they don roaming garb and they use, like, ninja nets. Yeah. That was pretty cool. But that's about it for this episode for me. For me, I actually thought that the way they defeated the aliens was like a clever way to get around like an invincible enemy like that. Like they're totally outmatched. There's no way they could actually take them on. I I thought it was kind of funny and also just kind of clever to have them be like, uh, yeah, these are actually all fakes. Yeah, like it's it's not a bad plan. Like and it and it works. Yeah. Um, I I thought it was like I really hope they kind of gone with like their first plan where they like. No, we are the people who did this. Like, my name's Leonardo. Like, yeah. that was like, and I thought it was funny because, like, it seemed like they were going to go in that direction. And then all of a sudden, like, immediately, they're like, that's not us. It's like, you had them. You had them. You had, a, you had like, were, you had, you had fooled them already. <laughs> but they were about to kidnap them because of that, though. So then that's they had fine. to like, they, get their that's way fine out. Because, of that. like, as we saw, they, they were able to. So it's like they were always going to be able to get out of that. It's just funny that like <laughs> they didn't see that plot thread through. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that, I thought the plan was clever. Oh, I also like 
some frames at the end when Leonardo is chastising Michelangelo for not having taken all of the stickers off of the uh, the pieces of art. And like he stops and he's like flipping off Leonardo. It, he's not actually flipping off Leonardo, but it looks like it because of the turtle's three fingers. Oh, that's the funny finger. So, so if if you are listening to this episode, that's the uh, that's the outfit that I or that's a picture I posted of the turtle saying, "Like, what are these outfits?" Yeah. Oh, did you post it? (laughs) I posted it when we were talking about the one where he was like flipping him off. Yeah, that's what every and so everyone like um, gave us their like what they all thought that was, uh, which I am going to read now because there was a couple. Funny ones. Uh, PC Brodimus just says Italian. <laughs> uh, Bobby Mayberry, it's the summer trench coat for the turtle on the French Riviera. Uh, Alan Davis says, ah, yes, the one time we got to see Mikey tell Leo to F off. Uh, our buddy, our buddy, Cher Ali, uh, Cowboys of the West. Uh, the Ninja Turtle, sir, Ninja Turtle nerd said, obviously, we're not men of culture. Because we didn't get that, and yeah, that was all of them. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. It was just it was just a perfect. I remember watching it and feel like it looking like he flipped him off too. Yeah, it was it was funny. So it I'm glad I'm glad we were able to share that with everybody too because it was it was it was a funny screenshot. It is now going to be used to promote this episode. Oh, perfect! So. <laughs> and you have to title it the one where Leo where Mikey flips off Leo. Yeah, <laughs> or it's just going to be like Michelangelo has had enough because in that scene he has ha- actually had enough. He's had enough. That's pizza. true. He says, "This is my last slice of pizza." So you know, if I t- give it a super clickbaity title with that picture, and uh, oh, that, that's how we get those search results. Yeah, yeah, that's how people will you know end up clicking and listening. I bet you we see more people who listen to this episode uh than other ones which is a shame because <laughs> i feel like we've had much better episodes that are more well, on jason, topic well jason jason did say that the european season was uh turtle recalls uh most popular episode so wow All hopefully right. that brings that energy to us hmm. moving on to the ring of fire <laughs> there were no rings of fire <laughs> yeah i mean kind of but not necessarily uh, I thought the the you got all that from you know a couple of flashes and he's just like it's Morse code shorthand. Uh, I thought that bit was actually pretty funny. I don't know why, just the idea of of shorthand Morse code and how impossible it is. Uh, just just seems so it arbitrary. Is a thing, it was but it's, funny. it's it's like it's like when you write bros and mean brothers. You know, like it's shorthand yeah. in that way, but it's not like you know. Three dots does not mean a full sentence like he seems to imply it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the part where Raph took off his mask and like waved it around like a bullfighter. I don't know. That's all that I was, had. That was, I it, was a, <laughs> it was a fun um that was like fun use of like I like it when the turtles improv like that. Um like we you know, one of our favorite things, the three of us, is like when the turtles have like extra gear that they use. Um, and so like these turtles obviously don't have that. So, you know, using what they do have, like it, it's, it's fun and it's different. So I don't know if I would say I love when they have it. You gear. like it when they have pouches and stuff. Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. Okay. So 
<laughs> but empty pouches, no gear. Then, but yeah, no gear, be no empty. gear. Empty, empty, empty pouches. Yeah. Just putting their hands in. If I know? see if I see a kunai come out of that pouch, whoa. Man, yeah, that's not one of the that's not one of the listed weapons. That's <laughs> not on the Ninja Turtle tool list. Yeah, they have to have those like weird punching daggers from the toys, right? Oh, yeah. we we had we we figured out the name. It was on the oh. Mezco figures. That's what it was. Oh, oh, well, I'm not gonna go back and look it up right now. Uh, I also liked uh, just getting to see the Rock Soldiers because it's been forever since we've seen them in this episode. You know, they don't they don't appear very often. So when you get a little Rock Soldiers in there, it's fun. Yep. Uh, Irma also had some good one liners in this episode. Yeah, she's been pretty on point lately. I like I like European vacation Irma. Like she gets to let loose a little bit. <laughs> Burns not there breathing down her neck, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. She's like she doesn't have to worry about that. She can just you know flirt with every man. So more power. More I I I like sassy. You know, sassy. Don't degaff Irma. Three uh, episodes <laughs> of the European vacation. Uh, so we've got 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 uh, more episodes. So we're, we're, we're going to Ireland next. I'm excited. Keith, take us into the news. This is April O'Neill of Channel 6. <laughs> Uh, Spencer, do you have any do you have any news? Uh, no, it's still pretty quiet on the comic book front. Uh, I mean, Ninja Turtles Power Rangers issue four, Ninja Turtles Power Rangers two issue four just dropped this last week, so we're kind of behind on reporting that. Uh, the other big thing is that we actually have had the complete compendium volume two announced. So the complete compendium so far, like we've had the question of, is this going to just include canon issues or is this going to include everything like guest era, everything? And the answer now finally is everything except for the stuff written by Rick Veach because that's <laughs> tied up in rights issues. So almost everything. Almost everything. Yeah. So it's about, issues... as, about as close as you're going to be able to get now. Yeah. So it's issues 15 to 23, 27 to 29. So it's skipping the river. Uh, then it's 31 to 37, so it's skipping uh, Sky Highway, issue 30. And also it's Tales of the TMNT, volume 1, number 6 and 7, and the short story The Ring. So there you go. It's a great stuff there. Yeah, and to an extent, I, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I have mixed feelings on it, because it's like, it's cool that it includes all the issues, but like, the way the guest era itself was released wasn't that fantastic either so <laughs> you know they're releasing everything uh, like they're printing everything it looks like in the order of what it was released in and the dates but like for example um those three issues by uh michael zuli the souls winters issues yeah the souls winter issues like two of them like came out together and then like the final one was spaced way out or something like that same goes for the time traveling story uh, with the uh, that doesn't include Renette, the with the one girl that came out weird looking, and then yeah, was go back in time, and then in the 
second two parts that come much later in comes the Fanny Wacker. Yeah, uh, so that would be that would be sixteen, twenty two, and twenty three is that story, and then the Michael Zuli is thirty one, and then thirty five and thirty six. So they're all yeah. in there, but they're not like they, you have to jump around the book a little bit to yeah to read them all in order because they weren't released like that either. They had yeah those issues came out in between those portions of story, which doesn't make for an easy read, but it is what it is. I do like that they're including that short story, The Ring, as a precursor to Twilight of the Ring, because I think those it, like it all those short stories are pretty good, so it's cool they're including them. Yeah, well, it also provides the context for Twilight of the Ring <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Like it, it's not the most necessary, but it w- does improve it. It does you, makes you understand what Donatello's talking about when he says he sees yeah, something. True, <laughs> Donatello's seen something. You can go check out our episodes covering those issues. <laughs> I think I, saw, I think in I our back catalog. I think we should <laughs> go check out. Those. It's been a minute since we've read Mirage. Yeah, it has been a little while. After Armageddon game wraps up, I think we'll be trying to jump back into Mirage and covering Volume Four, then going back and get, catching what we didn't do with the guest era, and then and then moving on to the Archie series. Uh, well, yeah, so good stuff coming up. Uh, so last week we talked about, uh, maybe it was two weeks ago, um, WonderCon in California was coming up and I was able to attend. So, uh, got to sit in on the IDW building a universe panel. Um, and kind of a surprise last minute, uh, Tom Waltz was, uh, added to the ticket. Um, and so I got to hang out with him afterward. Uh, and kind of catch up because we haven't talked to him since uh, he did our interview a couple of years ago. Um, and we talked about Ronin um, because um, some stuff has come up since then. Uh, like specifically, Tom wasn't aware that the uh, video game was getting announced. He wasn't even aware that there was going to be a video game. Oh, wow. Uh, he said he had found out about it and then had to call his people at uh, Nickelodeon who then told him um, <laughs> that, that they're like, yeah, it's a thing. So I uh, thought that was thought that was kind of funny. Um, he did also he did also say that the last Ronin game is not the one that we talked that I talked about last week where uh, it was a 2023 game that was announced last year. Mm-hmm. He, he said the last running game is not that game. There is another game in development. Ooh! So we are we are getting two Teenage Ninja Turtle games, uh, as according to Tom Waltz. So if he's wrong, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that uh, just makes me a little bit because uh, that, does that mean Tom Waltz is kind of slightly involved in this new game? Uh, I, you know, he may have just heard. Um, you know, he because he is such a prominent Ninja Turtles like person, yeah. um, you know, he he uh, let me know that he, he's he been seeing like dailies for the Mutant Mayhem movie, you know, um, so, so so he gets invited to stuff like that. So he may be aware of certain things. He may not have his like hand in it, like, you know, same mutants in Manhattan. Um, but, you know, I can't imagine like a video game based on last Ronin and not having him involved in it in some way. Yeah. 
I mean, or at least Kevin Eastman. That's my thing is I also want to know if Kevin Eastman knew <laughs> or if he learned. Yeah, like, I'd love to find that. that. I, I didn't ask him that. Um, this kind of feeds into my theory that, that that press release was more of a shopping around than a a finalized detail. You know? it, it, yeah, like yeah. that could be it too. Um, so just kind of go over some other stuff because this was also during the panel. Um, he had mentioned that uh, Mikey originally wasn't the last Ronin. Um, the original outline that Kevin had showed Tom uh, didn't have any assigned turtles to like who was dead and who was still alive. So I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. I know they um, released like the first two pages as part of the like behind the scenes book, and I wish they would have released more. Yeah, yeah no, like I want to. I want to see more of that outline. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's why I've been holding out on buying like a solid copy of the Last Ronin. Is I want like the whole special edition caboodle that. Has yeah everything including the original outline all the stuff i, I want to read all of it and maybe yes. they're still holding on to some of that for things like the lost years that's coming out so that they don't i don't know yeah maybe any of that i don't know which which segue into lost years um so he so he let me and i asked him specifically if i could say this because it sounded like behind the scenes stuff uh he said they literally had like a week to come up with lost years oh god so lost years was actually not planned um it was more like they idw or nick came to him to tom and uh kevin and were like hey we need more ronin um the lost the uh last ronin the ronin verse is uh currently being set up as a trilogy of books um going to be different stories so the lost years is kind of uh, tom described it as like rogue one uh, yeah. like the movies, the Star Wars movie Rogue One, where it's a Star Wars movie, but it, it's not part of like the main story, but it sets up the main story. So think of Lost Years as like a prequel, a sequel kind of book like that. Um, kind of like how Rogue One was. Uh, he said specifically though that is also why um, Lost or Lost Years is a normal size comic book. So you said last Ronin number two, like the you know volume two of lost of last Ronin um, is going to go back to the oversized size. Oh, that's oh. cool! I'm excited about that. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. Um, lost years is going to take place over about 15 years. Uh, so currently we're on issue two. I haven't read it yet, um, but it, I carry it in my backpack, so I know <laughs> I, I'll probably read it tomorrow while I'm on my lunch. Um, but he said like the, the comic is going to take place over about 15 years. So we're going to see the kids, uh, grow up. Um, and we talked about the theory of like the turtles names, mm-hmm. um, Oja, Odin, Yi, and I forget the fourth one. Um, but he said there is a connection to all of them. Uh, it's n- apparently not just that they all mean one in different languages. Hmm. Um, which originally he didn't say, but I pressed him on it. And, he, and so he did confirm that it, there is a different connection. The connection is to Mikey. Interesting. Uh, there's the lost years, the lost day special issue that is coming soon. Um, that one is specifically about April going on a date, which I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That hasn't been so, yet, right? Uh, it has been announced, um, but I and but I think we're a little bit ways off. I think it's still being solicited, so you can talk to your local comic shops about getting you an issue, or you can probably pre-order it on Comixology, you know, in, in a couple weeks or so. 
Um, but that was a lot of the stuff. Uh, we did talk about um, him coming back on the show. Um, so we nothing nothing is planned just yet. But uh, Tom, like I would love to have you back on the show. Like we've been saying, um, he knows we're he knows we've been reading Armageddon Game and uh, breaking it down for everybody. So he wants to come break it down as well. Um, so Tom, yeah, love to have you. Um, back on the show, I talked to uh, Ryan uh, Parrot from uh, who's writing the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TMNT book. He wrote the first one. He's currently uh, they're currently wrapping up the second one. Issue four just dropped yesterday, like Spencer said. Um, talked to him. Would love to have him on the show as well. So we're 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 getting some cool stuff. I got to meet Andy Suriano, who uh, was the co-creator of Rise of the TMNT. Uh, you know, <laughs> love to have him on the show as well. Um, so I, I got to talk turtles with a lot of really cool people um, over at WonderCon. Got to meet Stan Sakai like I had been hoping to. Uh, I kept missing him, and I got him right before the convention ended <laughs> on that Saturday. Uh, so I was able to get his autograph on my Usagi figure, like I wanted to. Awesome. So all in all, a great. And I had, I had Ryan uh, sign my Mighty Morphin Power Rangers turtles, like the first volume. I was going to bring him back to him uh, when we were when we read the second one. So yeah, overall, WonderCon was a blast. Uh, I was the most fun I've had at a convention in years. So, yeah, it sounds awesome. Highly, right. highly recommend going. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so, if we don't have any more news, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're sticking with the eighty-seven series. We're going to be covering episodes seven, eight, and nine of season seven. All right. So that is the Irish jig is up. Shredder's new sword and the lost queen of Atlantis. Those sound like awesome episodes. I yeah. I hope the European season like takes off at this point. <laughs> Atlantis yeah. is easily my favorite European country. So I'm you know it's same that. here. <laughs> oh man, Spencer, you gotta watch Futurama. In the lost city of Atlanta. yeah, you yeah, you really gotta watch Futurama. All right. I, I will continue my watch through of it. Right now, I've been watching. I've been like working on exercising, and so I'll play something in the background. Maybe it'll become Futurama. It's been the Justice League series. Oh, that's uh, such like a good series. series. It is <laughs> okay. Watch that series, and then watch Futurama. <laughs> we'll do love that series. Uh, thank you guys for checking out another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. We really appreciate everybody who does listen to the uh, our episodes because it, it it means a lot um to us like it just does <laughs> so we love you uh check us out anywhere on the internet ninja turtle power hour ninja turtle power hour, ninja turtle ph on instagram twitter and facebook uh and yeah guys take care of yourselves we love you so that's our show this week thank you again so much for listening and until next time cowabunga dudes cowabunga i forgot <laughs> what line i was gonna say at the end You can get like issue eight, ten bucks.
eBay. Yeah, it's it wasn't like a rare comic by any means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, um, yeah. Do, you, do they have the color classics on Comicsology Unlimited? Because it was reprinted uh, they, digitally in color they classics. Do. That's that's yeah. how we figured out that it was. Um, yeah, figured that, it that way too. Yeah. No, I, I we did read it, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, like I've read it. It would just be nice to have it. But yeah, I think I'll 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 just buy. Yeah, I'm not gonna buy it. Yeah, it's an issue eight of the ultimate. I mean, it's not issue. It's in the ultimate collection as well. It is issue eight. You already know that. Yeah, but, uh, I'll just I'll just buy I'll just buy a because even a a graded copy an eight point is forty five bucks. That's cheaper than the grading. Yeah. <laughs> like this this guy's losing money on that. Yeah. What a what a dummy. What a chump. <clears throat> yeah, twenty chump. bucks. Twenty bucks free shipping. Twenty-five bucks free shipping. Ten bucks, five dollars shipping. I was gonna say I got mine for like five bucks like yeah. seven years ago, so it, it can't have gone that much. <laughs> yeah, it it's funny because like when you look at like Turtles books, like I've been able to find most of them for like five bucks four or five bucks each um i think the most i spent was like 10 um and it, it's really like if it's not in like the first four issues like yeah it's really not that expensive to collect mirage books yeah Mm-mm. i think the most i spent on one was 25 for Raphael number one which was yeah. signed by kevin eastman so like i would like i would love a first a first issue but I'm okay not ever having it. Yeah, I think yeah. volume one has doesn't yeah, pretty much most of them are not that expensive to come by. Like for whatever reason, like well not whatever reason, not a lot of people are getting it, but volume four, that's the one where like the prices oh, yeah. start hiking up again. Because volume two is not that bad either. Volume three is weirdly expensive too, but it's just because of low print runs. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm I'm okay with skipping volume three. Um, volume two. How many? And I, th- I gotta see how many issues I'm missing for volume three or volume two. I know it's not that. No, we know I, I am. I, I have like six all, issues. There's probably also some expensive like tales of the volume. Well, tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I haven't issues. even I haven't even started collecting tales. Uh. Okay, so I'm missing issue one and then seven through thirteen for volume two. I don't know why I keep thinking it only has like six issues. Like twice that. It's like thirteen. I know. But I have two, three, four, five, and six. So I might have an extra copy of eight or something. Like I have a random mm-hmm. random issue that I have an extra copy of. So um, I might send it your way. Perfect. Exchange for a conditional draft pick later. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, for volume one, I have 17, 19, 20, 28, 30, 31, 32, 35, 36, 37, 39, 46, 52, 53, 54, 57, 60, and 61. 18, 18 issues. I'm missing one return to New York issue. Yeah, I think I just have Sky Highway, the Savage Dragon crossover books. And that might be it. That might have been all I was able to get from Mirage's uh, website. 
Sky Highway is yeah, Sky Highway is issue thirty. I also have Sky Highway. Yeah, and then because luckily no one caught on, I guess that that one is also rare, and everyone buys the river. And that's the other one that's expensive. <laughs> Which one yeah. was the river? Oh yeah, the bloodsucker. Yeah. Of course. <clears throat> Weirdly, too, uh, uh, the end of Archie is super expensive as well. Again, I think it just yeah. runs. But. Um, masks. Um, I have that one. I love that cover. Um, yeah, so according to cover price, um, they're all like issue 17, the masks issue is 16 bucks. Um, Sky Highway is 16 bucks for a very fine copy. Now it is. I mean, you could just get before you could get it off the Mirage website for like a couple bucks. Like, there's uh, like three. <laughs> yeah. uh, ooh, that. the issue with uh, Choat issue uh, 46, mm-hmm. uh, $50 for a very fine oh. copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 52, is that the first part of? Uh, City at War. Uh, 50 is the start of City at War. Uh, so, uh, issue 52 is $48. Uh, first appearance of Karai. Oh, I don't have that one. Exactly, it was. Oh, yeah, no, I do have it. Uh, first appearance of Karai. Uh, it's $48. Yeah, I remember the seat oh. or the. Uh, City of War ones being a little more expensive, but yeah, I also I mean, bought I got, them like all at once, so it was like sixty some bucks, you know. Yeah, I bought all of those, and they were like five to eight bucks each. Mm-hmm. Uh, volume four, I have one through ten, and then fifteen and sixteen. It's yeah, like some I've got of those a- ones middle like towards the end that like get really expensive yeah i think like, like 30 i think like 32 i think yeah. 32 what, what, is the whatever the one is with like casey jones holding his hands up to a shark like yeah that one's like super expensive and then the one where he's at a bar with a neutron those two yeah. are like they're like thousand dollar comics they're super expensive super rare uh but and they're, then they're only printed like for people who ordered it off peter Laird's <laughs> website so right uh and then IDW, I have every issue. I honestly think that Volume 4 could be more popular if reprinted and sold now. I know that everyone is like, you know, even Peter, you know, kind of says that no one likes Volume 4 and things like that, but I think it could do well if they reprinted it. I don't think it would be popular, but I think people would pick it up as like a novelty. Yeah. I don't know know if you saw... uh, I don't know if you saw somebody post that um, page with Mikey and Sari oh, yeah. uh, on the subreddit the other day. Uh, I mean, I, I knew that it, I, I saw the post. I don't I didn't really like dig too deep in the comment. Oh. comment. Everyone in is like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because like there's so many Mirage heads that are just like Mirage, 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 uh, you know whatever you know oh this is furry fan fiction in in idw and it's like dude like you you read stuff written by the original creators and you've got michelangelo having a roman holiday with a triceraton well not a triceraton it's a steracodon triceraton but you know yeah it's like they (laughs) yeah it exists 
you know, and in the tales in the tales stories, you know, Leonardo has a relationship with Shadow, not Shadow, Radical, Radical when under I, say, I hope not Shadow. I should have tried to say her normal name, but I couldn't remember what it is. Uh, something Ravenheart, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. Ravenheart. But with with Radical, you know, I, I don't know. It's just it's funny to me. That's all. It's like this isn't this wasn't out of the realm for Mirage, and it's not anyway for for turtles to just simply, I guess, have some sort of love interest or romantic partner. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> like, well, is it my favorite when that's like the center of the story? Not necess- not really, but yeah. Does it really bother me when it's there? Like, no, that's fine. When I grew up reading, reading Archie comics, where Raphael had not one but two different Fox girlfriends. So. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, man, reading that those last issues of of Adventures is like such a trip. Like, especially like when it suddenly like gets into just like Raphael and Ninjara's like relationship, like falling apart, and yeah. like yeah. Raphael like going through like the jealousy and everything else I was like this is this is really this is this is a little something for kids you know yeah <laughs> it was too much for kids maybe I mean maybe not too much is the right word but this isn't it's, being written for children no <laughs> no, is... no it, that's a book that definitely like grew with its audience and yeah frankly kind of outgrew them I think <laughs> yeah really quickly I mean that's yeah. like some real I'm trying to think of the right word for it but very, very like I don't know, just like a very like adult, mature way, looking at a relationship, not in a R-rated way, but just in a an adult relationship way. <laughs> I know, I yeah, know. it's it's a very like like it's weird because it's it's a mutant turtle talking to a fox, and he's jealous of like her mystical fox friend, but like it's written in a very just like this could happen to anyone today, right now, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like they're totally like drifting apart, and it just feels it's like it's a, it's an organic breakup essentially, yeah. you know, of like a relationship falling apart, and you can like feel it as it's happening. It, it's I mean, it was really well written, but at the same time, I'm like, this is you're going really hard for this being the kids <laughs> book, yeah, you know, telling kids not to litter and stuff. Uh, it was anyway. like nicely foreshadowed too when Raph meets his future self. He's like, dude, you're gonna mess it up. Like, yeah. try not to, but like, you're you're not mature enough to handle <laughs> her right now. <laughs> Trust me, I've lived through it. It's gonna hurt. <laughs> it was pretty wild, but at the same time, like, I appreciate it. But you know, on the other hand, I was like, wow, this went this went from you know, it's kind of like that one issue where it's like, oh man, all this litter, you know, like on the beaches, the littering is terrible, and all of a sudden, you know. Blub glub or glub blub gets shot, you know, and dies, yeah. and then and then everything just like slams on the gas pedal from there for the rest of the series. Anyway, yeah, it's weird to think that like this is the same series that at one point Shredder like kidnapped Splinter with a giant mouse trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, good it, stuff. It was, I love it. Yeah, like I, it wasn't a bad series. Like I, I, I'd say I like it. I, I would say I do like it. I awesome. if they were to adapt Archie. Into and just like animate it as well. I think they could do that and make 87 fans happy because it's like in the same vein but better. You know, I thought you like, meant like 87 fans, like yeah. only, only 80, yeah. not 80, not 89. <laughs> oh, no, no, I mean, like fans of like 87 series, 87 not 86. 87. There would be 87 people that would watch this show. 
if they did it. I mean, it's probably not the most inaccurate thing at the same time, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. But I, I think that you could get people who are like old school fans to watch it if you did, uh, if you did adapt it. But at the same time, like once again, because it grew with its audience and it, it was a kind of short in the long run, the series wouldn't last that long and it would like probably once again, you know, stomp on the gas, accelerate a little too quickly. Yeah. Anyway, should we get recording? Uh, I do the start doing the, I guess the episode we are already recording. We have to these episodes. Oh man. Yeah, and you know it's uh, it's the European <laughs> vacation, but it feels like we've re- like it's weird because I'm almost like, man, I could really use a David Wise episode right now. Yeah, and I never thought I would say that. Yeah, right. Can I get can I get like just like a little bit of like Lord expansion that may or may yeah. not pop up again later? This is crazy, but it's not crazy enough. Could we just like double down, please? <laughs> just just like a little bit more on the crazy. Yeah, I mean, on the bright side, we only have, like, two more episodes of just European vacation after this, so, you know. Ooh. We're, we're, we're getting through it. Well, I'm, I'm ready to crack a lack if you all are. Yep. Uh, have I sounded okay this whole time? Yeah. No, you haven't really been fading in or out this whole time. Okay. Yeah. So I moved I move the microphone, and it's, like, closer to my mouth this time, so hopefully, hopefully as long as I stay here... And don't yeah. keep like bonking my head in the microphone. It should be fine. On my end, it, I'll be honest. It sounds like Spencer. You could stand and move it closer to you, and Mike a little oh, really? further away from you. Like like that would balance it almost perfectly. If okay, so about right here. Now Spencer talk, and the right here. Yep, perfect. Okay, Alrighty. And I don't know how I sound if I'm too loud or too quiet or whatever. You but sound you perfect. Exactly honestly. the same. You always do. Yeah, yeah. not fair. Yeah, it really isn't. <laughs> He's a, he's I'm such a deep, fidgeter. Deep pipes of mine. You, know? <clears throat> you have to smoke only one cigarette a day for like three months and then stop forever. That's, that's there you go. This there you go. And they have All to be right. clove cigarettes too. Yeah. So 